while you're driving your car or even in your own home thinking you were by yourself and gotten caught. 20 seconds of insane bravery can sometimes be pretty embarrassing. Occasionally I'll sing a U2 chorus or a hymn out loud and sometimes I get caught. Nearly 35 million people could relate to this Dover police officer. Maybe that's the signature song of our own generation, I wonder, or of the millennial generation. I wonder what, what are the signature songs of your generation? Maybe the following artists help you, when I mention them, help, help you remember maybe one of your favorite signature songs. So I'm going to begin with the millennial generation, and then move to the Xers, and then the Boomers, and then the Builder generation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a band with you that's well-known, and then I'm going to challenge you out loud, right from where you're seated, 20 seconds of insane bravery. I'm going to ask you to shout out what you think is their signature song, okay? So we're going to start with the millennial generation. This should be fairly simple for you guys. Here we go. Let's begin easy, Eminem. That's it. How about Beyonce? Put a ring on it. Okay, all right. Uh, let's go with Coldplay. Yellow, anything else? Fix You, maybe one more. Paradise, okay. Did anyone say Clocks? Okay. Uh, how about uh, Maroon 5? Sunday morning, okay. All right, a couple good ones, all right. Let's move, Wait, good job, millennials. Let's move to Gen X. Uh, let's go with Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. That works. Anyone have another another suggestion for Bruce? Okay. All right. Uh, let's go with Huey Lewis and the News. Fit to be square. Did I hear Power of Love? Okay. All right. How about you too? Nice. I'm going with that. Yeah. All right. How about Prince? Oh, I heard them both. Purple Rain, 1999, okay. All right, good job, Xers. Let's go on to the boomers. Mom and Dad, are you ready? Elvis Presley. 
Hound dog. What was the others over here? A cot? Jailhouse? Oh, it makes you want to just break into jailhouse, doesn't it? Okay. Beatles. Let it be? Okay. I didn't hear I want to hold your hand. Okay. Lastly, for the boomer generation, Beach Boys. Surfing USA. Okay, how about I wish they could all be California girls? Come on. All right, do we have any builders here? World War II generation. There are a few. Uh, there was a few in last service. Let's, but maybe some of you boomers that know your music can help too. The Andrew Sisters. The, the Andrew Sisters? Why do people fall in love? Is that from the Andrew Sisters? I've got Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree. Was someone thinking that? Okay. Yeah, everyone says, yeah, of course. Okay, Frank Sinatra? Yes, I did it my way. And finally, Ben Crosby? Okay, excellent, excellent. So those are just, good job. Give yourselves a hand. So those are just a list of songs that are, are considered signature songs for, for many artists. Now, the following songs were part of the song set this morning and are considered signature worship songs for every generation. So you heard uh, for the millennials, you heard Hillsong United's Oceans to open our service, and then you heard, or open that, that set, then you heard Michael W. Smith's Open the Eyes of My Heart, which is considered one of a few signature songs for Generation X. For the boomers, you heard Andre Crouch, my tribute, and for the builders, you heard Horatio Spatford's It Is Well. Heart songs have a place not just in the church, or rather signature songs have a place not just in the church, but it is amazing as you read some of the biographies of missionaries, the place singing or worship or what they call, uh, what their signature, what a signature song is to a contemporary artist, they call heart songs, songs of the heart that that a, that a missionary who's under a season of duress, of sometimes desperation, sometimes imprisonment, even, even torture, that they sing as a means of really connecting with God, really reaching out to God personally. I want to tell you about Dmitri, who for 17 years was in a prison north of Moscow, Russia, and every morning at daybreak, Dimitri would stand at attention by his bed, and as was his custom, he would face the east, he would raise his arms in praise to God, and then he would sing a heart song to Jesus. The reaction of the other 1,500 hardened, non-believing, atheist inmates was very predictable. Dimitri recounted with laughter the cursing, the jeers, the other prisoners banged metal cups against the iron bars in angry protest. They threw food and sometimes waste to try and shut him up and extinguish the only true light shining in that dark place every morning dawn when Dimitri would stand face to east, raise his hands, and sing his heart song. 
after being beaten, punished, and threatened with execution for writing out scripture on a piece of paper. He was caught. Dimitri was dragged from his cell as he was dragged down the corridor in the center of the prison. The strangest things happened. The strangest thing happened, according to Dimitri, before they reached the door leading to the courtyard, before stepping out into the place of execution, all 1,500 hardened, atheistic prisoners stood at attention facing east by their beds. They faced east and they began to sing. Dimitri said it sounded to him like the greatest choir in human history. 1,500 criminals raised their arms and began to sing the heart song that they had heard Dimitri sing in his cell every morning for 17 years. Dimitri's jailers instantly released their hold on his arms and stepped away from him in terror. One of them demanded to know, who are you? Dimitri straightened his back and stood as tall and as proud as he could. And he said, I'm a son of the living God. And Jesus is his name. The guards immediately took Dimitri to his cell. Sometime later, Dimitri was released. And he was returned to his family. Do you have a personal heart song like Dimitri? You've heard a few favorites this morning from each generation. And maybe a song is coming to mind that is simply a phrase only. Maybe it's a chorus. Maybe, maybe it's a complete verse that comes to mind. I, I have one that came from when I was 12 or 13 years old and started attending church for the first time. I remember sitting in church and hearing Lori Klein's I Love You, Lord, for the first time. My family was going through some dysfunction. I was at church all by myself. And I heard these words, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. O my soul, rejoice, take joy, my king, and what you hear, may it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. And I was overwhelmed by God's love when I heard this song. And to this day, it comforts me and it challenges me to ensure that my words are still a sweet, sweet sound in his ear, that he's pleased with the words that come out of my mouth. This morning, it may not be a heart song that comes to mind. You may be more linear in thinking, and that singing is actually something that annoys you. (laughs) It's not unusual for some to just not connect with singing. But I would ask you, is there a scripture in this great book, a verse, a phrase, that's always connected with your heart in some unique way? What's the story behind that verse? What's, what's the story behind, if you have one, your heart song? Today I'm going to challenge you to sing and tell the story of your heart song in the next few weeks. To sing and tell the story of your heart song in the next few weeks. I want you to identify that phrase, that, that chorus or that verse, and that story surrounding your heart song. I wondered this week if Jesus had a heart song. You know that this week we celebrate globally the last week of the life of Christ. This week we celebrate globally the last few days of the life of Christ. His his life ended on Friday. And it was on Thursday night when he was gathered with his co-workers in an upper room that he secured where they celebrated Passover meal. 
And at the conclusion of that meal, just before they were about to leave and go to Jesus' favorite mountaintop view, the scriptures say in Matthew that they sang a song. Jesus perhaps sang his last song a couple thousand years ago this Thursday night. Matthew records that they sang a song. It says, when they had sung a hymn, they went to the mountain of olives. Boy, I want to know what they sang. You might be tempted to think, yeah, it would be interesting to know what they sang. But imagine if you're Jesus. You're in your early 30s. You understand that your whole life has culminated to this moment in time. Everything you've ever done, been taught, has culminated to fulfill the very purpose of the following 18 hours. And it's time to sing one of the Passover hymns. It's either hymn 113, it's rather Psalm 113, 114, 15, 16, 17, or 18. Those were the Passover psalms that, according to Jewish antiquity, a Hebrew would would recite, but Matthew records they sang it. I wonder what they sang that night. What do you sing the last night of your life? When everything that is written in those psalms, to some degree, is about you. And what we do know about Jesus' heart was that he was, in a very peculiar way, in a strange way, before he walked the path to this cross, his heart was full of joy. The scriptures teach one of Jesus' co-workers said, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Jesus was full of joy. Somehow, in the midst of all of his hardship, it was joy and the opportunity to be closer to you, to have a relationship with you and me that motivated him to go to this day. I look through these psalms, and I think maybe there's one of them here that, and many others, that maybe he sang. How about this one? It's, it's, it's centered around Psalm 118, verse 24. Is this the last song that Jesus sang? Is this his heart song? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And then verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Think with me for a moment. The day Jesus suffered on the cross is one of the most significant days in world history. I would say there's only four extremely significant days in world history. The day the heavens and the earth were made. The first day when design began. The other day that was extremely significant was the day Jesus Christ raised from the dead that we'll celebrate a week from today. The other day that would be very significant is that day, someday, when Jesus Christ comes again. And we see him. The the skies are torn, and we see him face to face, just as he is. And then the other day, the fourth day that would be very significant, is the day 
he suffered on the cross. He did so joyfully. This is perhaps his heart song. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He suffered the punishment your sins deserve. Your your selfishness, your self-absorption, your natural tendency to just take care of you is what wasn't right in God's sight. It separated you from God. It created a chasm, dysfunction, a lack of relationship. Jesus paid the price on that cross for that dysfunction, that lack of relationship, so that you could have peace with God. Maybe today's the day you accept what Jesus Christ did on that cross was a substitutionary death for you personally. Christianity is about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Maybe today you make that decision by simply saying, Jesus, I'm willing to make you Lord and trust in you. What's the story behind your heart song? Have you identified yours yet? What's the story behind it? A phrase that really connected with you? Maybe a chorus, a verse? Perhaps it's a scripture verse that is kind of like a life verse to you, one that you've been taught since you were very young. What is evident by suffering missionary workers is that God uses heart songs sometimes to save lives. If you're familiar in the scriptures with the story when Paul and Silas were in prison, midnight, they'd been beat, they started singing a song. And following that song, there was an earthquake that actually broke the shackles and freed them. God used a heart song to free Paul and Silas. Nick Ribkin had the pleasure as a Kentucky native to go and serve some of the poorest of the poor in Somalia. In 1992, he led a project to help care for Somalians. One day, he says that in Somalia, it was one of the darkest days. During his first trip to Mogadishu, he says, I was walking down a bomb-cratered city street with my Somali guards. We were scouting the neighborhood around our compound and looking for the needs in the neighborhood that we might be able to meet. The trouble, he writes, is that there were so many needs that it seemed to be a ridiculous search. The people that he saw in that neighborhood had nothing but needs. Devastation, poverty, violence. Where would he even start to help when, when he encountered death and destruction at every corner and at every turn? And it's amazing to read about Somalia. The UN pulled out of Somalia at one point and said, we can do nothing. Nick writes that as he walked those streets, he felt the presence of evil like he'd never known before. It was a palpable, tangible presence. It felt like a vice tightening around his heart, slowly, steadily squeezing out any hope of helping. All that was left was discouragement and despair when suddenly he heard a sound that was as beautiful as angels, piercing that spiritual darkness. It was, it was simply amazing 
walking through what had to be the worst place on earth, he heard a sound like angels singing. He thought initially that he was hallucinating. He finally stopped outside of a gate of a small compound where the singing seemed to originate. He pounded loudly on the gate. A guard appeared and tried to send them away. He, Nick pressed and negotiated. Finally, the guard allowed them to enter what turned out to be a small orphanage. There was a chorus of children that was assembled and singing their heart songs out under the rather animated direction of a young five-foot Somali woman. Her name was Sophia. Nick says, when I met her that day in the orphanage, she had already lost her job, her home, and her family to the violent chaos of civil war in Somalia. Even those who had told her about Jesus many years before had fled the country. She was alone. Physically, she was ragged, worn out, and thin beyond belief. Evidently, though, there was enough strength left in this little shell of a woman to have gathered 30 orphans together in this shattered neighborhood of Mogadishu. It seemed to be only the sheer force of her will that had kept the orphans alive and waiting to help to show up. They were looking to her, and she was waiting for someone to be an answer to the prayers of their choir heart song. In that hard time, she sang, and she taught the children these heart songs. Nick says, as I walked up to her, she whispered, you are the follower of Jesus, aren't you? I've been praying for months that you would come. What about singing your heart song? What's the story behind your heart song? I like this quote, you know sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery, I promise you something great will come out of it. You go home today, before or after lunch, or maybe while you're at a restaurant, and you start singing your heart song. Something's going to come out of that, I promise you. Sing and tell the story of your heart song in the next few weeks. Here's why. What if the Holy Spirit has marked your heart with a worship song? Most of the songs we remember are from age 12 to 18. What if you've been marked with a, with a special song that comes from your youth that you need to be reminded of, that you need to perhaps look up and sing? Or maybe there's a life verse that was embedded in your mind years ago that needs to be recollected and recited because you need the strength that those lyrics or those words have to face whatever obstacle, temptation, or challenge that you're facing? What if in your home, your friend or your spouse and your kids all knew mom and dad's heart song? What if you parents knew the heart song of your children? I don't know the heart song of my kids. I can't wait to find out this afternoon. And challenge them to sing it. That'll be a party. What if your family started singing their heart songs? Instead of complaining, they started singing their heart songs with flats and sharps that we're all so gifted at. Folks, we're not persecuted in the U.S. 
if we started singing our heart songs, maybe we would be. This week, sing and tell the story of your heart song. Or reference a verse that's your life verse. Maybe today's the day you accept that Jesus' last heart song is what drove him to make the most difficult decision of his life that he did not want to make. He said, Father, if at all possible, please remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He went to the cross for you to suffer. Maybe you've never believed in him personally and had a personal relationship with God through him. I want to give you a chance to do that right now. I'm also going to pray that the Lord will help recollect, help you recollect what is a heart song or a life verse for you to share and tell the story about this week. Join me in prayer, won't you? Heavenly Father, I pray your Holy Spirit will stir our minds, our hearts, our souls to help know what is the heart song. 